the apex of all Christian endeavor must become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers. That is focus. God sent me to tell you he is about to show out on your behalf. Will you let him? Our faith stands measured by how we react. When hell stands next to you, be still and know that I am God. You cannot remain silent. I need you to know that we're snatching people out of darkness. I don't have all of the anointing. You don't have all of the anointing, but when we get together, oh my gosh, we can curse cancer and we can cast out demons because we get the full measure of the statue of Christ. It's independence now. I'm taking it all and I want it all and I receive it all. Can I tell you, God will never pour his finest on us until we get together. God wants us to have unity because when the unity shows up, God shows up. We are focused. Your purpose is not to collect a crowd. Your purpose is to preach the gospel to produce a cloud. Dominion Camp Meeting, June 30th through July 2nd, Columbus, Ohio, World Harvest Church. For more information, visit rodparsley.com. I just want you to know this simple truth. The gospel, the gospel, preachers, Saints, ain'ts, the gospel choir, the, the gospel is the power of God. Watch me. On its own. It don't even have anything to do with your prayers. It doesn't have anything to do with who's saying what. It doesn't matter about the light show or lack thereof. The pure gospel itself is the power of God. Watch, unto salvation. Now you think of that somebody giving their life to Jesus for the first time. That's a part of it. But it's actually the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. It means to do well by. You know, the gospel will do you well. The gospel will make you well. The gospel will keep you well. Now, spirit, soul, and body. Just the pure gospel. I am a gospel preacher. That's what I am. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not a life coach. But I got something that'll fix everything wrong at your house. I got a hold of it. And once you get a hold of absolute truth, not your truth, their truth, here a truth, everywhere a truth. One truth. 
The, the Bible does not contain truth. The Bible is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That's it, that's pretty simple. But now here is something that God the Holy Ghost wants you to know. Today, everybody say, today. I need and I will receive a second chance. That's now everybody that doesn't need a second chance in some area of your life right now, today, you can stop shouting, but everybody Shout, shout for a God that's the God of a second chance. Shout because today, yesterday gets erased and you get a do-over. Today, you failed yesterday, but today you get to try again. I, I need somebody that has played golf, that knows what a mulligan is, you get another shot. Tell somebody, today I get a second chance, a do-over, a try again, second chance at victory. Say, oops, I messed it up. Just say, I messed it up. Because that's what you did yesterday and the day before and two-thirds of you did this morning. You messed it up and you about to get another swing of the bat. Because he's a god of a second chance. Somebody bless him. You act like you don't need it. And if some of you died before you get a second chance, you'd end up not where you want to be. But God is a God of a second chance. He was a God of a, be seated. God of a second chance for Moses. Oh, Jesus. Thank God abortion wasn't legal then. They took baby Moses they put him in a basket and they floated him down the Nile River. Right? In the 40s, they used to leave babies on the doorstep or on the hospital step. Amen. If they, if they couldn't take care of them. Now they just kill them. Out of convenience. But that's another sermon. 
Moses, baby Moses, floating down the Nile River. And God had planted some bulrushes, what people call weeds. Don't be complaining when you get stuck in the weeds. Sometimes God used a weed patch a whole lot better than a pruned garden in your life. And that little basket just stuck. Pennsylvania mom and dad just stuck in the bulrushes. And it stuck because God is the God of intention. God is a God of purpose. Look at somebody and say, you think you're here by accident, but that's not true. You're here like the lady from Ghana at the right time in the right place with the right people here in the right thing here in Columbus, there in Elkhart, City Harvest Network churches, wherever you are. He's not a God of accident. Stuck. Some of you are stuck. And you complaining. Just lay right there helpless as you are and coo praises up to Jesus. Because it wasn't a wolf or a python or a river rat that found baby Moses. Those bulrushes were right at the bottom of the steps. You would say of the president's house, but it was even bigger than that. A Pharaoh's house. Israel's adversary. God will stick you and spread a table for you in 2023 in the presence of your enemies. I'm here to tell you God's about to make the devil pay for somebody's lunch today. Shout, I belong to God. He's stuck. But always remember this. When your adversary has a plan to take you out, when the devil tells in your ear because of what you did yesterday, God's gonna cancel his lease on your life today. When that devil has a plan to take you out, God's been growing bulrushes for the last 15 years to catch you right at the right place, right at the right time, and here come Pharaoh's daughter, God about to make your enemy carry you out your mess. I'm told by the God of the second chance. Pharaoh's daughter found baby Moses. You think you found the Lord. He wasn't lost and you didn't know where to look. Pharaoh's lovely daughter picks up baby Moses, 
carries him up those steps of the palace. Woo, you may be in the pit today, but the palace is in your future. I ain't got no help in here. I ain't got a choir to help me. She went in the barrel and said, look, daddy, what I found. A Hebrew baby. Pharaoh said, kill it. She started crying. A table in the presence of your enemies. And Pharaoh said, I can't stand to hear my baby girl cry. She said, well, daddy don't know what to do. I have no way to feed this baby. A lot of folks say, well, if you preach against abortion, you ought to tell us how to feed these babies or you ought to stop having them. Because God's the author of life and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. So daddy Pharaoh says, well, he's a Hebrew and we got a lot of Hebrews serving around here. Go out yonder and get you one whose breasts are lactating. And guess who they picked? Moses' mommy. Sometimes you think you lost it when you floated it down the Nile. But the book says, cast your bread upon the water and in not many days, it will come again. For he that sows in tears shall reap rejoicing. Come again, rejoicing. If you'd make what you lost a seed and believe for a harvest, your life would change. I'm trying, I'm just trying to talk to you, that's all. David, sweet psalmist of Israel, David, played his melodies and the tormenting demonic spirits which had possessed King Saul were quieted. So Saul would call for him. Play David. Play David. But Saul got jealous. David ascended to the throne of Israel and he saw a beautiful thing on the internet. You know, on his phone, he saw, he saw Bathsheba. And he said, I need that. (laughs) 
But he knew she was married, so he sent her husband, Uriah the Hittite, out to the front lines to have him killed. And David, that you'll celebrate, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the warrior king of Israel, became the first original peeping Tom, porn watching, first degree murderer. And yet, he lost that son. He had another son born to Bathsheba that became the wisest man, according to your Bible, that ever lived, King Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. You know God can take your mess and give you a second chance and turn it into a miracle? God's not through with you. God has not finished with you. In my high school yearbook, you're supposed to write down some things, you know, by your picture. So I wrote a 74 Monte Carlo, because that's what I drove. And I wrote, be patient. God's not finished with me yet. I was the first person ever inducted into my high school's Hall of Fame. I got a second chance. I got a do-over. I got a mulligan. And so can you. Jonah! God said, go to Nineveh. And I'm going to give you a revival. Whoo! But Jonah got nervous. Got thrown overboard on his way to Nineveh, going the other direction. But God said, I'm not quite finished with you yet. I believe I could get you straightened out having your own private camp meeting in the belly of the great fish. Sometimes God's rescue plan is not really the one you would have chosen. But that fish swallowed him up. And down there he repented. And God had that fish swim all the way to Nineveh and belch him out on the shore and said, now go tell what I, go, go do what I told you to do. You might be in a whale's belly right now. You might be running from what God wants for your life. But today, kind of looks like a whale's belly in here. And if you repent, God's going to give you a do-over. God's going to give you another opportunity. God is going to give you a second chance. The apostle Peter walked with Jesus, watched the chosen, 
He walked with Jesus. And then when Jesus was about to be crucified, he'd been arrested. Peter went out and was warming himself by a fire built by the world. He was messing it up. Jesus had told him, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny you even know me three times. I don't know him. I don't know him. I said I don't know him. Can you hear the rooster crowing? Some of you are receiving your call to a second chance. And you can hear the rooster crowing. The apostle Peter gathered himself together and preached the first revival meeting of the infant church. And 3,000 men gave their lives to Jesus. And it was a 12-minute sermon. The apostle Peter received the revelation upon which Jesus said, I'll build my entire church on what you see. Man, that's a second chance. That's a do-over. Now, for those of you having difficulty in your relationship, the apostle Paul admonishes us, whatever situation you find yourself in, therewith be content. Wife, you got a husband not here with you today. He's sorry, but God can make him splendid. You're not listening to me. Because he's going to get a second chance too. Your children that should be right here beside you today are going to get a second chance. Somebody say just one more time, Jesus. Just one more time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The Bible says, Woe unto him that hardens his heart. He shall be cut off without a remedy. You see, mercy is preaching today. But judgment is waiting just outside. This is your opportunity. You said no. Or you said yes and then you turned away. You've never really given your whole heart to Jesus. The Bible is true and it says the soul that sinneth it shall die. But that doesn't have to be you. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says you can know absolutely that Jesus Christ is your Savior. And you are as sure for heaven as if you were already there. And if you don't know that today, you're getting a second chance. If you walked away, if you become cold in your heart, if you don't feel the presence of God in your life, today's the day. Today, God says, 
is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. If you want to pillow your head tonight as sure for heaven as if you were already there. You want to know that your life is right with God. That he is your savior, your redeemer, your protector and provider. When I say three, I want you to shoot your hand straight up in the air. I don't care if you've been in the altar 152 times. You know there's separation between you and God. And you want to close the distance. You want to feel God real and vital in your life. When I say three, I want you to simply raise your hand and leave it up. That's it. Jesus came from heaven to earth, went to the cross, suffered, bled, and died for you. Rose again from the dead, went back to heaven, sat down by God the Father, and is right now pleading with you. I'm giving you another chance. Don't squander it. It's here now, but there's no promise it's here tomorrow. Hands are already going up. I'm going to count to three very quickly. Make the decision you'll be so happy you made today and when you stand before God, as surely we all will. On three, join these with hands already raised and let's pray together. One, two, three. Raise it and leave it really high. Now listen, now listen. I can see all of you. I know where you are. When I say three again, I want you to stand to your feet. Jesus died for you. You can stand for him. I want you to do it right now so he can change your life. One, two, three. Stand. Every one of you that raised your hand, stand. Everyone. Everyone. There were more. Everyone. From the back row to the front. Stay standing. One of our team are coming to you right now. They're coming to you right now. Don't sit down until somebody comes to you because we want to pray with you and we want to get your information. We don't need 15 people with one. They're all over the building. They're all over the building. Here we go, all over the building. We got 22 people right here. I got people all over the building. Push your way through there, John Carlos. Go on, all over the building. Stay standing till they get to you. You're the only reason we're here today. Every one of you are the only reason we are here today. Ready? Everybody, those of you online, type in the word saved, S-A-V-E-D. We'll get literature right out to you. There's nothing more important than you to us. We love you. Just like newborn, new parents with a newborn baby, you belong to us. We're going to pray for you and we're going to help you. We're going to love you. We're not going to condemn you. We're not going to judge you. You belong to Jesus. Are you ready? Here, we're going to pray out loud. I mean, make the person in front of you just angry. You're so loud. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. 
I believe in Jesus that he came to die for me to take away my sinfulness. And I want rid of it. So today, of my own free will, Lord Jesus Christ, I accept you as my personal savior. I believe in you. And I, with my mouth, confess you as my personal savior. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, give me eternal life, and let me know I'm on my way to heaven. I will live for you, come to church, get a Bible, as you teach me how. I feel so good. I'm a new creature in Jesus. My old life is gone. I only have a future. I'm so happy about it. I can almost clap and shout. Oh, why not? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.